Whenever I read a passage of scripture, I like to think a little bit about any questions or parts which jump out. So I wonder which parts jump out to you from the reading today. For me, my question was, who exactly are the 72? We know quite a lot about the 12, but not about the 72. Was the number 72 an actual number of followers, like the 12, who were the named disciples? Or does the number 72 represent all the other followers? I don't know. Perhaps Matthew does. What we do know about this passage is it follows on from Luke 9, where Jesus has sent out his 12 disciples to go and share the good news of the kingdom of God. And this, in a chapter later, Jesus is sending out the 72. So as we look at the story a little bit deeper and we imagine the people, I wonder, where do you see yourself in the story? Do you see yourself as one of the three, the closest friends of Jesus? Perhaps you're one of the 12, the devoted disciples of Jesus, sometimes a bit clueless, putting their foot in it, but journeying with Jesus every day? Or do you see yourself as one of the 72, those who are following Jesus, but perhaps at a distance? What is clear is that Jesus calls each of these groups to be part of his mission, to share the good news of the kingdom of God with everyone around. Going back to our passage, Jesus sends the 72 out in pairs. I love that Jesus sends the disciples in pairs because, as we know from the Genesis story, it's not good for us to be alone. And here Jesus confirms this by sending them out in pairs. We are designed to live together, to work together, to encourage and pray for and with each other, to share and use our complementary gifts to bring God glory. It's been great to be welcomed into a team here. I've worked alone in the past and it's so much harder. So a really big thank you from me to Matthew, Sam and Sandra for encouraging me to be part of the team. Next in our passage, Jesus gives his followers a command. He says, go. I'm sending you like lambs among wolves. That sounds tempting, doesn't it? Lambs among wolves. Perhaps Jesus was reminding the 72, as he reminds us, that our work and lives are not always easy, that people will not always understand our faith, and that we will have questions. There will be bumps and difficulties and challenges in our lives. For some people in other parts of the world, living and sharing their faith can mean persecution and imprisonment. So when we pray, Let's remember our brothers and sisters who are suffering for their faith. Jesus encourages the 72 not to take any extra baggage, anything that will weigh them down, distract them or stop them from fully depending on God for all that they need. Often in life we rely on the treasure that we've stored up to provide for all that we need, rather than look to God and open our hands to receive what he has for us. Yesterday, I was at a quiet morning and we were looking at the call of Moses. Moses didn't feel very equipped to become a leader and to share with his people that God was going to rescue them. Yet God asked Moses, what's in your hands? 
God used Moses' staff to perform many miracles. And we can think ourselves that we don't have much to offer or we feel ill-equipped to bring the good news to others. Yet God calls each of us to trust him and to use what we have to bless others. I wonder what's in your hands and what God is asking of you. The 72 were asked by Jesus to look for people of peace to stay with, those who were ready to receive God's peace and blessing. And in that culture, it was quite normal to welcome a stranger into your home and to provide hospitality. So what does this sort of hospitality look like for us to receive or to offer? We can't necessarily welcome a stranger into our home, but we are able to welcome people into our church and homes to receive the blessing that God wishes to offer us through others. Jesus then gives his followers a second command, to stay. The 72 were encouraged to stay in the home where they were welcomed and not to move from house to house. It's interesting here that Jesus encourages them to build relationships with the people who've welcomed them. I wonder who has God placed you into a long-term relationship with? People who don't know the good news of life with Jesus. I wonder how God will work through your relationship with them. Jesus then gives a third command to tell others about the kingdom of God. And what is the kingdom of God? Well, I think it's where God is king where his will is done and he brings truth and justice, healing and fullness of life. The 72 were bringing the good news. Jesus was coming to meet them. Jesus, who is God with us, physically was walking on the earth, revealing more of God's love for all of his people and his desire to bring reconciliation and forgiveness, healing and fullness of life. Often this was marked by Jesus bringing healing. And isn't our nation crying out for healing today? Physical healing from illnesses, from this terrible COVID virus, and from other mental illnesses, such as our anxieties, worries, sadnesses and stresses of life. Jesus wants to bring us, and those who don't know him yet, comfort, hope, peace, restoration to the broken and difficult parts of our lives. And as Jesus paints this visual picture, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. How do you read those words today? Where is God? Where is God's harvest in our community? Are we ready to be workers to bring in the harvest? In a conversation with Matthew last week, he was telling me that someone's calculated that if each person in church helps another to meet with God and to find faith, then the church would be growing. As workers, we might look and say the task is huge and yet we only need to help one person find faith. Just one person. I wonder who is in that harvest field around you. Perhaps you're like me. The thought of sharing your faith sounds a very scary prospect. You might be sitting there thinking, well, I don't know how to share my faith. I'm not an evangelist. But first, I'd encourage you to think and remember that this is God's work, God's harvest. The Holy Spirit is at work. 
we just need to be willing to listen and notice what God is doing and to work with him. A great practical way I heard J. John describe sharing good news is prayer, share and care. Sorry, I got that the wrong way around. Prayer, care and share. So first, prayer. Ask God in prayer, who around me is open to you? Maybe as you pray, some names might pop into your head and you could write them down. You could pray for these people regularly, a bit like the pray for five in thy kingdom come. And then ask God to soften their hearts and to give you courage and confidence and the right opportunities to care and share. So second, care. As we've seen through lockdown, people have come together to care. And there have been some incredible stories of people caring for one another, looking out for one another, keeping an eye on those who are lonely, isolated or needing help. And I've heard it said that people often don't remember what you say, but they remember what you did. And often people don't want to listen to what you have to say until they know that you care. As Christians, whatever we do and say should be marked by our love and care for all people. So how can we show God's love by caring for those around us who don't know God? What small ways can you demonstrate God's care to them this week? The final step is to share. As we journey with people, there will be opportunities to share our faith and our experience of God's goodness. It could be that by phoning someone or dropping by, just to show them that they're valued and they've not been forgotten by you or by God. It could be by making a meal for someone who's unwell or spending time with someone who is unwell or a loved one is unwell or that they've been bereaved. By offering words of comfort or peace, you could really be able to bless them. It could be that in a conversation when someone's telling you about a worry or a problem, you might offer to pray for them. Also, it says in 1 Peter 3, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks for the reason for hope that you have in Jesus. But do this with gentleness and respect. If someone was to ask you, would you know what to say about why you have hope in Jesus? All the time, we're praying to God and asking for opportunities to share his love for others, trusting that he will do his work to reveal himself to them. It takes courage, but really it is only natural to want to share the good news that we have in our hands, that God knows us, he loves us and wants everyone to be known and loved by him.